0: Andy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at the power of music in our everyday lives. This show is all about shining the spotlight and how music enhances our lives, whether we consider ourselves musicians or not. We look at the benefits of music through the lens of science and health, sports and entertainment, business and education. My goal with the podcast is twofold, and they're really two sides of the same coin. First of all, I see these episodes as an educational PSA, public service announcement, because I really do wholeheartedly believe that music can make our lives better. And each episode shares another why or how music can make your life better. And second of all, music education is music advocacy, in this case, preventative advocacy, as opposed to reactive advocacy. Both forms of advocacy are important. An example of reactive advocacy would be fighting to keep your school music program from being cut. But this show is an example of proactive music advocacy. I truly believe that when our communities understand the value that music brings to our shared human journey, they will want to invest in musical education and musical experiences. There is an organization that exists for this full package both sides of that coin music education and music advocacy and both the proactive and reactive advocacy they cover it all we're talking about the National Association for Music Education known by the acronym NAfME my guest today is NAFME President Scott Sheehan. Scott is a nationally recognized advocate and leader for the advancement of music education. He's also the Director of Bands and Music Department Chairperson at the Hollidaysburg Area Senior High School in Pennsylvania. He's also an educational clinician for Con Selmer. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Scott.
1: Hello, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, Scott, for listeners who have never heard of NAFME, can you explain in a nutshell what the organization is? Some of our listeners will be very familiar with it and some of them will not.
1: Sure. So, NAFME stands for the National Association for Music Education. And I think this is very timely today to be able to share this with you because we just approved a new strategic plan last week for the association moving forward. And so, In this plan, it's a conceptual framework about who we are, what we do, why we exist. And it also um, helps to point our our action steps in the future for the association. So for those that aren't familiar with NAFME, we are comprised of 52 different uh, affiliated associations, most of which are state associations, state music education associations, and many of our members, to be honest with you, I think identify first with their state associations. I'm in Pennsylvania, and so I know what PMEA is and have been involved in PMEA since the beginning of my career. I find often that people don't aren't necessarily as familiar, don't know as much about the National Association. But we are comprised of 52 different associations from across the country. We also have an um, affiliate in Europe, the European Teachers who, music teachers who are part of the uh, Department of Defense schools uh, have an um, MEA in Europe. And we also have an affiliate that we work with in India. So we're, we're pretty broad-based. And uh, with this new strategic plan that I mentioned at the beginning, I just would like to share a few things of who we are. You know, we are advocates. Uh, we are advocates for learners. We see ourselves as a collective voice in a community of practice. We are a creative society of musicians. And I think kind of to the nuts and bolts, we are researchers, scholars, pre-service educators, and practitioners, really encompassing everything from PK-12 through the uh, collegiates, as well as the uh, college music majors, as I said, the collegiates, but also uh, professors and the researchers of music education, music teacher educators, as well as even high school students, our Tri-M program involve students in middle school and high school. So we're quite a comprehensive national association Mm -hmm. and um, our, our new strategic plan is really centering equity in this work through our three cornerstones of advocacy and public policy, professional learning and growth and research and music teacher education. So we—that's that, a lot. I know <laughs> I probably yeah just,
0: very okay. comprehensive, yes. as you said. <laughs> yes, as
1: as I said, I probably just overwhelmed anybody that was listening. But um that, thats who we are, and that is what we do.
0: We're talking a lot about the word in the term music advocacy. I think people do tend to have different ideas of what that means. What does that term music advocacy mean to you? And who, in your opinion, is responsible for music advocacy?
1: That's a great question, and and I think I'll give you my definition, then I'll expand on that just a little bit. My definition Mm -hmm. of of advocacy is the art of building relationships, Hmm. and I truly mean art because I don't think it's something that can be a one size fits all. I think that when we think about building relationships to gather support and gain support for music education, and by the way, gather and gain, I think are two different things. I think that it depends on the person, it depends on the approach, it depends on the the culture and the community and the circumstance, and so it really is an art of building relationships to find those supporters who then become the champions of music education. And to expand on that just a touch, I really believe that this happens at three different levels when we think, at least through the NAFME lens, of three different levels. There's local advocacy, what you're doing in your classroom, in your school, in your school district. You know, There's a lot of that local advocacy that really impacts the day-to-day curriculum, the day-to-day activities and opportunities that students have. And depending, again, on the culture and the community, that kind of advocacy can look very different. Uh, A lot of our state associations, the MEAs, are doing advocacy at the state level. And so they are having their own Hill Days and their own music education advocacy events at their state capitals, where they're trying to work with their legislators on influencing policy that impacts um, you know, education or music education specifically at the state level. And then at the national level, at that third level, this is where NAFMI comes in. And this is, I think, something that NAFMI is best known for is our national advocacy work, where we are on Capitol Hill. We do have lobbyists. We are trying to advance music education at the very highest levels of influence for you know again opportunities looking for equitable access for music education for all students and not to leave any student without that experience and so i really do think it's a local state and national approach that NAFME actually has resources for if you go to our advocacy um, page on our website you will see plenty of resources there for all three levels
0: And would you say that the resources available are available, obviously, for music educators, but also students, parents with children in music training, music lessons? Tell us about who else these resources are there for.
1: Sure. Yeah. These resources would be there for anyone. I I think they are in... Fairly plain, plain language that's not just necessarily specific to a music teacher or a music educator, but I think that they certainly could be used by students. And we we share stories all the time of the successes of our students. I mentioned TriM, the honor society, and that that TriM I think is a sleeping giant for NAfME because it's it's all win win win. It's students serving their communities and their schools through music. And I think that is wonderful advocacy that the students can participate in and be involved in no matter what their experience level is. And so we do have that kind of grassroots, you know, right boots on the ground advocacy for students available. Uh, Although we might not use the word advocacy, perhaps that we look at it as service, it is still Mm -hmm. highlighting the benefits that music has and using music to benefit our our communities and our schools. And then, as you said, parents, there's a lot of information out there uh, on our website for supporting parents. And and we also link to a lot of other great resources, too, uh, in terms of other associations that are doing advocacy. Obviously, NAFME has a wonderful, wonderful advocacy shop. And uh, very tied to music education specifically, but we also recognize there are a lot of people in the advocacy space that are wanting to promote advocacy for, you know, the the broadest context of, of music and music making, not necessarily just music in schools.
0: Mm hmm. You're serving a two-year term as president. Tell us a little bit about what your primary goals are for your term as president.
1: Sure. So <laughs> I, I've uh, <laughs> it's lofty. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, my goals are lofty, but it kind of comes in two ways. So I mentioned that we just passed a, a new strategic plan. And this plan is the culmination of literally two years of asking ourselves internally very difficult questions. Who are we? Why do we exist? What is the benefit for being a member of NAFME? Who belongs? Who doesn't belong? Who doesn't have an opportunity to belong? Uh, Who doesn't have an opportunity to participate in some of the uh, programs and and, um, opportunities that NAFME provides? And so we have really been on this soul-searching time. The pandemic kind of caused us this time to pause. And through that process, through the previous president, Dr. Mackie Spradley, we have come out with a very strong plan for the future of who we are, what we do, and for the association in general moving forward. And so I think that my first goal is that implementation of this new plan that really, truly centers equity in music education. And I I like to use this analogy. I've always loved the quote, uh, the JFK, John F. Kennedy quote, a rising tide lifts all boats. And Mm -hmm. I've always loved that quote. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: what we have to realize as we do advocacy work and as we think about equity and experiences in music education, we have to realize that not everybody has the same kind of boat. Some people have speedboats, some people have tugboats, some people have uh, little dinghies, some people have canoes. And then the reality is some people don't even have a boat at all. And all of the boats are you know, uniquely different and, and so on. And so the types of support that needs to happen from a national association is going to look different in different places because we are trying our very best to provide opportunities for everyone and realizing that everyone has something different and a different need and perhaps historically has not had the same opportunities for music education. And so my goal, uh, first and foremost, is to carry on and implement this, this strategic plan through a, a very impactful vision for our association sort of on the inside um, on the inside of NAFME. My second goal, which is which is equally lofty, is <laughs> to really try to rally the music education nation. I believe at my core that we are stronger together Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: that we as a music education nation can accomplish a lot more than just any one of us alone. And, And that any one of us includes NAFME. I don't think that NAFME alone is going to change the face of music education. I think that there are a lot of incredible, very meaningful associations, schools, teachers, groups, you know, you name it in the broadest context who believe that music is powerful. So I was was so intrigued by getting the invitation to speak with you because Mm -hmm. I really, truly believe in the power of music. I see it every day in my school, change lives, save lives. Mm. And I really believe that together we're going to be uh, able to do a whole lot more than any one of us alone. And so that has been my rallying cry. Uh, together we are NAfME, and and when I say NAfME, yes, we're a, a specific association, the Na- National Association for Music Education. But I really believe we are a music education nation, and we need to rally together to do this work and and really ensure that every child has the opportunity to have music education.
0: I saw a quote of yours that just perfectly summed all that up and I'll read it here. You said, over the past few years, I have observed that there are many silos under the music education umbrella. All of these associations and companies are well-intentioned and most offer the same message. I believe we can greatly expand our combined reach if we work together rather than politely engaging in coopetition, which results in the dilution of a powerful unified message. NAFME must recognize what other organizations do well, and perhaps better than us, and focus our efforts on how we can support each other. It's time to start moving mountains rather than just keep throwing snowballs at an iceberg. There is power in numbers, and there is power in relationships. We must work together toward our common goal. And I wholeheartedly believe in that 100%. Love that quote of yours. Are there any... I guess, specific practical ways that you have in mind that the musical community can sort of take that first step toward being stronger together with less segmentation and more collaboration?
1: Sure. So so there are a couple of things that, that come to mind. The first is that right at the beginning of the pandemic, when schools were closed and everyone was shut down, We really did rally as a music education nation. More resources were created and shared freely, openly, across all different kinds of companies, all different kinds of associations that said, we need to keep music in schools. And whatever we can do together, we're going to make sure that students have music, even if it has to be delivered online in a whole different way than what we Mm -hmm. are used to in the sense of performing anyhow. Mm -hmm. And I I saw that glimpse of everyone really banding together and and just jumping in arm in arm to say, hey, I've got this. Share this. I've got this idea. I'm going to share this idea. And it really became this sort of frenzy, if you will, (laughs) of really exciting things. And I, I really kind of believe it was a renaissance in a way. Mm. Of us cr- creating these online resources to be able to keep music. And then, along parallel with that, were all the people that came together for the international coalition to look at the uh, aerosol studies. On how we could have music potentially um, less harmful in schools as schools mm-hmm. started to re- reopen, or some you know stayed open. That in terms of the instrument masks and so on and so forth. Yeah, and and I thought that that study and that work that people you know rallied together really set a catalyst for us to be able to try to work together on larger issues. So kind of now that we're getting beyond all of this time, I think that some of the things that that we can look at is where where do we collectively, the big we, not just NAFME, see music education in five years, 10 years, learning the lessons that we've gone through with the pandemic, and then saying that music belongs in schools, it belongs in every school, and this is what it should look like. And if we could paint that picture collectively and maybe not even just in schools, but in communities, because we recognize that there's a lot of music that happens outside of the school day as well. And so, you know, this broadest picture of this vision of 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 years down the road of what music education needs to look like. And then we, we work to develop a national plan for that and including the support and the funding for that as well, I think, is, is one of the, you know, that, that would be my biggest dream. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, you know, getting started on it, uh, you know, step by step, we have been meeting and convening. I think NAFME does a very good job at convening and bringing people together. And so we have a, a group called the Music Education Policy Roundtable. And we have had many of our partners part of that roundtable for years. But in recent years, we have expanded that to include a lot of new associations, new groups, who uh, have the same goals, the same mission, and who may have been either not invited in the past for one reason or another. Perhaps it was, um, maybe we didn't know who they were, but we are working hard to make sure that everybody that has a horse in the race is welcome, they know they're welcome, and that they belong at the table. And so this music education policy roundtable it does have an advocacy tie. That is the goal, but we've begun these discussions about a a plan a larger plan for music education down the road and so i i really truly believe i'm a very um, grassroots kind of guy as you can imagine being a, a school teacher and um you know I, I believe it's one conversation that leads to another conversation that leads to another conversation and then we get some momentum and and we build from there
2: hey friends this is dr garrett hope i am a speaker coach and composer I am also host of the Portfolio Composer podcast and founder and executive director of the Ultimate Music Business Summit. The third annual Ultimate Music Business Summit is a three-day virtual conference that'll be held on January 5th, 6th, and 7th, 2023. This three-day virtual event features over two dozen speakers to help you build your music business. As a musician, you care about your art. You want to make a difference in your community and in the world. You want to pass your knowledge on to your students, and you want to do more than trade your time for money and just get by every month. UMBS is all about the one thing you didn't learn in music school, realizing that you are a business. It offers dozens of ways to build a career as an independent musician, including marketing, copywriting, studio development, mindset, money, and networking opportunities. Whether you're a composer, touring musician, studio teacher, recording artist, or professor, UMBS is for you. Get your ticket now at musicsummit.biz.
0: Well, I love your paradigm of better together and strength in unity. And just that definition that you have of advocacy is that art of building relationships that really resonates with me. Something else that you've talked about that has really resonated with me. And I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on this is you've talked about wanting to utilize more the documented research that shows the benefits of music education, and kind of harnessing that in some kind of a national campaign. And I believe that you're sort of let you've done something already to lay the groundwork for a national campaign, STEM really took advantage of that. And you'd like to sort of expand that with STEAM. And for listeners who aren't familiar with that, uh, STEAM stands for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Can you tell us a little bit more about the groundwork that you may have already laid for this national campaign and kind of what you have in mind with that?
1: Well, along the lines of what I've been already sharing with you today uh, is this idea of a coalition. You know, we we have the round table that I was just talking about, but trying to have a coalition where everyone in music education can come together, have their voice represented and realizing that there's no one group that can represent everyone. Everyone has their own unique lived experience and their own um strengths that they bring to the table, their own perspectives, their own culture that they bring to the table. And so I I think that uh, the idea of building a national coalition is critical because NAFME can't possibly represent all of the voices that there are in music education alone. And so I think that that's part of this. The other part that I think is critical is that when you start to look beyond just music teachers, but you look at music researchers and maybe not just the researchers who are also music educators or music education researchers, but you look out beyond uh, to, for instance, the brain research. There's a lot of neuroscientists who are researching the impact that music has on the brain. Mm-hmm. and. That kind of data, I think, is very compelling for advocacy work as to why music education should be in schools. And so Absolutely. I think it's this, this collective approach, this collaborative approach of bringing together research, music educators, the industry partners, the other... Um, and I, I'm, I hate, I'm very careful about using the word other because I don't ever want people to think that when I say other, I mean less than. Um, mm-hmm but outside of the space of music education there's arts education associations mm-hmm. education associations in the broad sense our new advocacy and public policy um it, let me think of her exact title she is the assistant executive director for advocacy and public policy and she came to <laughs> us in uh, march her name is amanda carhus um she came to NAFME in in march and she came from the Principals Associations and spent over a decade in the Principals Associations. And so she brings a, a very unique experience and perspective for music educators from, from the sense of, of what the administrators view. And so as um, as we try to build this coalition, I think it, it really is about trying to recognize, again, who has the horse in the race and who who wants to be on board, who wants to be on this journey Towards something larger than just any one of us doing this alone. So I, I can't say that I have anything, you know, specific that I can share today. I am hoping that next June, which is our next national assembly, that we'll have this convening or a summit where we are inviting everyone together in Washington D.C. to be part of our advocacy Hill Day, as well as to have a series of conversations about what does this future look like i find that we are often in our profession reactive to the, what's going on at the time
0: mm-hmm. and i
1: understand that societal and political pressures you know do enter into schools and 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 you know create policy out of necessity and so on and so forth but i also think that there's got to be a pathway for us to see a future that is you know, bright and rich and rewarding for students through music and the arts and that together we can help to build and work towards a goal rather than being reactive to everything that comes down our path, you know, every year or two or or however. And, you know, obviously the pandemic was perhaps the exception to that, but I also see a lot of good that the pandemic brought.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. Well, this has been so delightful. I am thrilled to have you as a guest today and just hear some more about your vision for NAFME and just for music education in general right now. I ask all of my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, uh, coda by sharing a song or a story about a moment that music enhanced your life. Tell us about the song that listeners will be listening to in closing here. We'll be sharing just a little bit, uh, a little clip of this. Tell us about it.
1: Sure. Uh, So, this piece is called The Old Chiefs Lookout. And in 2017 and into 2018, we commissioned a local composer to write a suite for our high school music program that centered around the jazz band. He's a jazz musician, jazz composer, but writes for a lot of other groups as well. And so, this suite ended up being uh, six movements, and, and it was called Small Town Big Dreams. And so it was centered around the jazz band. So what we'll hear is a, is a jazz band performing the Old Chief's Lookout. But what he did as part of this suite was he did a lot of research into our community and our culture. And so we have a very, very rich history of indigenous people here. And one of the, I guess, landmarks of, of our community here in Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania is the Chimney Rocks State Park, and it was a lookout for the Native American tribes that were here, that looked out over the valleys in the town. And now sits a town. And so when Rick Hirsch is the composer's name, when Rick came and was studying the history and visited the historical society and and was reading up. He felt that what a great place to start the whole suite, the, the piece of music, was from the very beginning of the indigenous people that lived in this community long before it was settled as a town and became Holidaysburg. And so this piece, you can envision as, as you hear it, you imagine the this tribal chief sitting up on this higher mountain, which is a really very, very cool rock formation uh, that you can see for most of the town looking out over this land that you know now is inhabits a school and uh, an entire community and um, that was kind of the inspiration behind this of what could be looking to the future you know of this land so that's the old chiefs lookout there are as I said some other movements that kind of go up through the history and the timeline of our community which is a really really a interesting way to present this it was a great project we worked on this for over two years before we were able to have all the pieces prepared and and we had a big premiere concert and so on. So a very, very exciting time to bring this piece to life.
0: is just a little bit of the Old Chiefs Lookout, which is the first movement of the Six Movement Suite called Small Town Big Dreams by Rick Hirsch. You can listen to the full YouTube video of that first movement in the show notes. Thank you, Scott, for serving our greater music community and our music education nation through your role as NAFME president. And thanks for coming on the show today to share your vision and invitation to collaborate. If Scott's message resonated with you, be sure to check out the links in the show notes where you can learn more about NAFME, access their resources, and connect with Scott. There's also a list in the show notes of other episodes you may enjoy, including SEL and STEAM integration in the classroom, a day in the life of a middle school band teacher, (laughs) saving your school music program if it's in danger of being cut, and more. Today's show notes, including a transcript of this episode, can be found at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast. This is episode 144. A link to the page is also in the episode details right in your podcast app. As always, you can connect with me on email, Mindy at mpetersonmusic.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next time, may your life be enhanced with music.